in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 38. Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? What a good question. I want you to keep that question in the front of your mind as we continue our time here today. What do you want? Now, if you hang out at my dad's house, you'll probably hear him or his wife say, don't bob me. You, ever, you probably never said that. And after a couple of years of hearing this, don't bob me, I asked, what does that mean? Well, it turns out there's a training video for Delta pilots. And in, in this scenario, the, the captain of the plane is asking the co-pilot to do a bunch of things. Hey, Bob, can you check the altitude? Hey, Bob, can you check the ca uh, cabin pressure? Hey, Bob, can you check this? Hey, Bob, and, and finally in the video, he says, don't bob me. And a lot of us have probably felt like we've been bobbed by the complexity of life, especially in this past year, uh, with politics, with wearing masks, with shutdowns, and with just survival. It's like, which thing do I grab onto first? And where do I go? And do I get vaccinated? Do I not? Do I, what's happening? And it just feels like so many of us are just getting poked by, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, you gotta do this. And I'm sensing strongly uh, for our church that, uh, that and, and for myself, like it's a season to just simplify things. And when you hear that word, uh, and it's a, it's a value at our church, it's a value in our church network to live a simple life. When I hear that word, my mind goes to all kinds of different places, like Marie Kondo's Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. If you've never read that book, it's amazing. Not required reading but it changed my life. But when it comes to Jesus and following Jesus, I think a really good place for us to be this week that will set us up for us re-engaging in where we wanna go um, as, we, as we come back out and emerge from this is to, to really order our internal world and to, to get in touch with how Jesus thought and to declutter our lives internally before we ever start to do like external stuff and just you know, organizing our house or decluttering our house and, and that sort of things. And, and we'll, we'll touch on some of that in the coming weeks. But today I wanna just ask the same question that Jesus asked those disciples that were following him. What do you want? Like, um, I thought about titling this sermon, uh, The Brain That Wouldn't Die because I'm sure every one of you have seen the movie uh, from the 1960s, really kind of creepy. <laughs> but, um, and it also shows I watched way too much TV as a kid. Um, but when I, when I say that, I'm thinking about the mind of Christ. Scripture tells us that we have the mind of Christ. And uh, his brain, his internal process, wasn't as cluttered as ours. For one, he lived in the first century, so there was no supercomputer in his pocket. But also, even when he was challenged, even when he had um, people coming and constantly interrupting himself, he had a very simple internal and ordered inner life and inner thought process that you're invited to explore today and, and to think about. And there's this part of us that, you know, that that is now Jesus, this mind of Christ that, that didn't die, like Jesus rose again. But now when we say yes to Jesus, we have access to the mind of Christ. So um, really that question, and it's the first words 
that John records. And John recorded these on purpose as a, as a theologian, and he's recording these events and, and writing them down on purpose. This is the first words that come out of Jesus' mouth. What do you want? In context, they were actually uh, disciples of John the Baptist, and John the Baptist says, hey, look, behold the Lamb of God, and, and two of John's disciples start following Jesus, and John, not wanting to take any of the spotlight, um, lets them follow Jesus, and when Jesus notices, he says, what do you want? So something led you here today, whether it's live or on YouTube or some other, some other so social media, tweet face or snap, snap book, or all those things, like, what are you looking for today? Is it peace? Is it a little bit of rest? Is it joy? Is it contentment? Is it forgiveness? Like something led you here today. And at first glance, uh, especially for those of us who may live in a bigger city, when we read the words, what do you want? We hear, hey, what do you want? <laughs> Get out of my space. But John's doing this on purpose. Let's pause there and ask like, what are we really searching for? Is it meaning? Is it, uh, an, uh, do we want provision? Do we want some stability? Do we want some emotional security? Something led you here today. Maybe you wanna be more like Jesus and you're thinking, you know, somehow as we're gathered here together as a church, even though we're not in the same room, maybe, maybe you'll become more like Jesus. Uh, what do you want? I remember uh, not having these same words, but when I started to take my journey with Jesus seriously and become a disciple or apprentice of Jesus, I was about, 13 or 14 years old, I was one of those kids that went down at the end of every service to, to, to get saved again. So I've lost count of how many times I did it. But I remember thinking uh, when I was about 13 years old and I gave my heart to Jesus and I'm, I'm at the altar, I remember leaving the altar going, oh, I wanna follow Jesus, but I still wanna have fun. Like, you know, I wanna be, I, wanna, I don't wanna be naughty. I don't wanna be, I wanna be a good little boy, a good teenager but now I can't tell the same jokes and I can't watch the same things and I can't do the same things with my, my peers that I used to do. Like, oh no, like what if, I still wanna have fun. And I was, my, my thought process, process led me to a place like, okay, what if I follow Jesus 80% of the time and then just have my own fun parts like 20% of the time. Like some of, us, some of us who are trying to get rid of our COVID-19 and going on diets, like there's all kinds of different diets to get healthy. And if Jesus is the author of health, sometimes we can think of it in those terms. Like, okay, I'm gonna eat right 80% of the time and then 20% of the time it's on. I'll have my, I'll have my cheat day. And um, it, it doesn't work like that. And uh, we can't reduce following Jesus to the same kinds of thinking like we think about all bran. Like it's good for you, but it's kind of boring. It needs some strawberries, it needs some honey or something. Uh, but what if Jesus is the author of joy? What if Jesus, who was there at the beginning when the world was created, is the author of laughter, of rest, of dancing? Like what if that's true? And what if Jesus is the most tasty treat, but also the most delicious and nutritious food at the same time? I know there's no food like that. If you find it, please tell me. But we're talking spiritually here. Like, What if the best, most delicious life that you and I could live is one where Jesus is the focus? 
There's no 80-20, there's no Jesus plus you fill in the blank. What if Jesus doesn't need strawberries and honey drizzled over the top? Like the, the way we find our true contentment, true meaning is actually following him and not just knowing about him, but knowing Jesus and doing the things he did and saying the things that he said. What if that's where, that, what if that's what we've been searching for this whole time? Uh, I did a Google image search for Rene Descartes, the father of modern philosophy. I mean, this guy, he has the coolest hair. It's business in the front and a party in the back. He's really smart. And he says, uh, cognito ergo sum. I think, therefore I am. And there's a lot of beauty in that and a lot of wisdom in that. But if we take that thought too far, uh, we, we reduce ourselves to thinking things. That's the word he used. And there's a lot of, you know, we can have thoughts and we can doubt our thoughts and wonder if we really thought that and wonder if the doubt is really true, but we can doubt that, you know, and you can go in all of those philosophical circles. So there's beauty to that. But we're more, we're more than just our thoughts. We have desires, we have loves, we have passions, and we're designed to point all of those towards Jesus. So today we're, we're talking about aligning our, our desires and the things we want with the things that God desires and the things that God loves and God wants. So um, there's this amazing book, I highly recommend it. It's called You Are What You Love by James Smith. Check this out. To be human is to be for something, directed towards something, oriented towards something. To be human is to be on the move, pursuing something after something. We're like, get this image, we're like existential sharks. We have to move to live. And a lot of species of sharks, they have to continue moving to, pour, to put, pull water across their gills so they can oxygenate their blood. And we're like meaning sharks, uh, desire sharks. We have to keep moving in order to survive. And we need to take, take heed and, and watch where, where we're directing those desires and what, what water are we pulling over our gills to find meaning. Is it in material possessions? Is it in accomplishments? Is it in the words of other people? Because if we're not getting fed by the right thing, we're not going to be healthy and we're not going to function like we should. And ultimately, you know, we, can, we can starve ourselves of the nutrition that our souls need and our, our lives need in order for us to reflect God's image. One of the church fathers, St. Augustine of Hippo, says this, You have made us for yourself, God, and our hearts are restless until they can find rest in you. And then he uses material objects to kind of you know, personify them, to, to talk about the human condition. And he talks about a rock wants to go somewhere. We want to go somewhere like a rock wants to go somewhere. If you drop it, it goes down. And he, he says, because the rock wants to be on the ground. Or if you look at a fire and watch the sparks, the sparks go up and the smoke goes up because that's where it wants to be. If you, if you open a jar of oil and pour water in it, the, the water stays, um, stays separated from the oil because they don't want to be together. And um, we, our souls want to go to God. Sometimes we get mixed up in, in where, what we run to for peace and for comfort. 
and we think we want those things when what we want is actually something so much better. My favorite thing to do at the pool with the kids is to push the beach ball under the pool and watch it come up. Um, and it, it flies up and splashes all over the place. But as humans, we actually have the capacity to point our souls and our lives of not only where we want to go, but in the best place possible. But we can't do this on autopilot. So I'll ask you again today, again, what do you want? What does your soul at the deepest level really want? And we have a couple of scriptures here that really illuminate and it's easy to miss them, the way Jesus pointed his life and his heart towards what he ultimately wanted. He's the ultimate example of pointing our desires in the right place. And we get a couple of clues in the same gospel, the gospel of John um, in chapter five and six. And uh, it's also the same gospel you know, where John records Jesus at the very end saying, Peter, do you love me? The question changes. Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these fish and your ability to, to provide for yourself? Do you trust me and love me more than this? I, I love John's questions. So in the context, uh, Jesus is talking to these religious leaders about his ability or his authority to heal on the Sabbath day. And then he has this interesting, uh, interesting answer to them to why he healed someone on the Sabbath day. John chapter five, verse 19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. Verse 19, how simple is that? Jesus is saying, I look and I point my heart towards what God is doing and what God wants, and I become a part of that. Uh, it's really that simple. We're talking about simplicity. Like, that's our path too, is moment by moment. What would God have me do right now? Who would God have me be in this moment, in this situation? What would God have me say? God, what are you up to? And then, doing our best. We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to get it right every time. But that's, that's how we order our inner life and our thought process and declutter our minds. Especially, it could be in times of peace, for sure. But this is what enabled Jesus to say, like, Father, not my will be done, but yours. If you want this cup to pass from me, but not my will, not my will, your will be done. Because he, he knew what his father was up to. And the ability to do that comes in verse 20. He, he knew that the Father loved him. That's, that has to be our starting point, that, that we know that we are, when we surrender our life to Jesus, we are, because of what Jesus did, we are adopted into God's family and we become the beloved sons and daughters of God and that's how we're able to even obey uh, and, and, and participate. So what if, what if that was our, our deal? Like we, God, what do you want me to do? What are you up to? You know, I love um, uh, the, the rock band U2. And the lead singer Bono says, for years when we were first starting out, we were continually asking God to bless our work. God, bless our, bless our album, bless our con concert. And they were talking to, to somebody about it and said, why are you asking God to bless your work? Like point your work towards Jesus, point your work uh, and, and figure out what God is doing 
And when you get on the same page as God, it's, it's going to be blessed. Like, and I think about my own life and I do the same thing all the time. God, will you bless this? This is my idea. I think it's a really good one. God, bless this project. God, bless this church. I think Jesus' example is, what's God up to? If you ask to partner with what God's already doing, it's going to be blessed, whether it succeeds or fail. It could tank, but as long as you're partnering with God, that's the real success. And asking God what God desires, what does God want, then all the pressure's off. What a free way to live. How simple. And then in the next chapter, Jesus unpacks this idea a little bit more. Uh, John 6, 38 through 40. I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all of those he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. In other translations, it says, this is what my father's will is, that, <laughs> that I will lose no one that the father's given me. Like that's what God wants. It's, it's what's important to God, that people are important to God. People. And, and, and partnering with God's renewing, rebuilding, and restoring of this world. And how often do we think like, oh, you know, that's, that's, that's good. I, I get that. I get that. But I still want to have my fun too. <laughs> and uh, really, we, we don't realize that, that, that our fullest sense of, of completion and, and contentment comes when our will is perfectly aligned with what God's will wants. Uh, Philippians, another uh, New Testament writer, Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, chapter two, verse five says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. That, that word, that phreneo, means think the same way as Christ, Christ Jesus. It's the Father's will, and to follow that example, to serve others, and to live for something bigger than ourselves. Uh, and earlier in that same letter, chapter one, he says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So this is, this is interesting to me because Paul didn't say my prayer for you is that you would have more knowledge and insight, that you would just learn more. And as, as uh, people raised in the West, a lot of times we think we can learn our way into behaving better that we can just listen to another podcast, which are great, uh, read another book or hear another sermon. All of those things are good things, but God doesn't want us to be like giant heads on a stick going around. His prayer was that your love would increase, that all these wonderful things that we're learning about Jesus would actually sink down from our heads into our hearts and it would reorder our inner world. It's not just thinking by itself. It's it's action. So you may be asking, like, okay, how do I get everything from my head down into my heart? How, how do I put this into, into practice? Because it's, um, it's easy. Uh, if, if we're just on autopilot, that's why we can overdose on what I've been calling, like, the fun part um, that, that we think. And how even, like, good things that, that aren't that good or evil in and of themselves, but we can pursue these, uh, whether it's habits or things we put in our body or, or things like that, like on the surface, they may not be good or evil, but if they become our focus and they become 
our idol almost, or the only place we find comfort, and they turn into numbing, we can almost overdose on fun. So it's important for us to continually recalibrate and, and keep track of what do we want? Where, where are our desires leading us? Is it towards God and towards the things God loves and God wants, or is it really leading us towards the things that we want? So how do we align our, our values and, and our lives with God? And the answer is, say it with me, liturgy. Oh, you guys didn't say that with me? <laughs> now, I know a lot of you are thinking, well, the images that popped into your mind are of lots and lots of gold and fancy robes, maybe some incense. Uh, that liturgy is actually a beautiful word that, that appears in the New Testament several times, and it just means the work of the people, that we all practice something together. Um, in 2 Corinthians, uh, this word appears in chapter 9, verse 12. The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. A liturgy is when we organize ourselves uh, to do something together that we couldn't do on our own. And don't worry, this isn't going to devolve into some sort of giving series. It just means that when we do stuff together, there's accountability there. There's a, a power that comes uh, that we don't have when we're just trying to figure everything out on our own. So let's organize ourselves together uh, over especially this, the next few days to, to keep track of where our heart is leading us and to continually recalibrate our focus towards God's will, to the people and projects that, that God cares the most about. So this is uh, bringing us up to our challenge for this week. And it's something that we'll practice alone, but because we're not doing it alone, we can still be together. I don't know if that makes sense. So we'll, we can come back and, and practice and debrief and see how it went, because none of us are going to get all of this perfect. Uh, and that's okay if you fail, don't just stop and say, well, I guess I'll try again next week. But like, try this. Uh, every morning, uh, set your alarm 10 minutes earlier. Because uh, the challenge is to start your day with Jesus. That's complicated. <laughs> it's simple. <laughs> but it's, it's simple, but it's profound, and it's also hard. Because a lot of us are used to, uh, especially the go-getters, uh, you, you may wake up and immediately that to-do list pops into your mind or, or you reach over and you grab your phone as you, as you come, up, come, come out of slumber and start reading headlines or check social media or whatever it is. But let's start our day with Jesus and just give, see how long it lasts. Um, start your day with Jesus and read and meditate on John chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. And what, what Jesus says, like, I can't do anything without God. I, I think about what God thinks and then see what God is doing and then I do it. And meditate on that throughout the day as it pops into your mind. So instead of reaching for your phone, uh, put your Bible by your bed or, or an index card with those verses on it and read those first thing every morning and then see how long it lasts. Does it make it all the way to when you're brushing the teeth? And you can look in the mirror going, God loves that guy, and God loves that girl. Yeah, God, what are you gonna do? Uh, what are you gonna do today? I wanna be a part of it. And just see, see how, how that affects and how many things that we mindlessly do that pull our desires, like a beach ball just flying any way out of the water. And like, 
it may give our lives focus and our, and our internal world focus and realizing, oh, I've been wanting something that, that this activity, that this food, that this drink, like it can't give me the comfort that I need. Like, oh, I was off. Like, I'm hoping that we all have those little moments this week as we continually point God to, uh, point ourselves towards God and what he cares about. So uh, let me pray for you uh, before we dismiss. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we give ourselves to you today. Uh, Because you love us, will you please continually remind us of that? And may that love be so attractive to us that we continually uh, point our hearts towards you as you align what we want with you. You want the best for us. So God, would you please allow this week all the distractions and all the noise uh, to melt away as you become, uh, once again, the loudest voice in our head. So we point our hearts towards you in this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So. Uh, We can't wait to be with you together again. In the meantime, don't forget to check out sgbic.com. And while you're there, please drop us a line to let us know how you're doing. If you have any prayer requests, it's our journey to to do this uh, together. So uh, God bless you. I hope you have a great week. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine down upon you. May the Lord continually draw your heart back to him. And may you sense his presence and his peace and his love in real and tangible ways this week. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.